You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. Brady Trantham here as always. Madison Morris is busy with her uh, one of her you know 400 jobs that she has. She's so much busier than me. So much more popular than me. So, um, keeping into the spirit of you know the Thunder, there was actually some Thunder news today. They signed former Oklahoma State guard Jawan Evans to a two two way contract. And keeping with kind of the bedlam dynamic that this podcast has, me being an OU alum and Madison being an OSU alum, I thought, well, I need to get another OSU uh, alum on the podcast. So I thought none none other. Better than the one and the only Sam Mays. Uh, you know him if you're in the market, uh, if you listen to the franchise every day. The best show probably on the station. I mean, probably it is the best show on the station, Sam. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for gracing the pod because uh, I want to tell you this right now. Uh, you're going to be, you're way too Hollywood for this show. No, I am. I'm actually a, a huge fan of the show. I think you guys do. Uh, a really good job, I think, uh, and and you, Brady, kind of taught me quite a bit about podcasts in general uh, since you started working with the franchise. So I appreciate that, but I like your sound, I like the information, and um, you know, you guys have been a big part of my my Thunder season this year. So I'm happy to be uh, on the podcast. Podcast, thank you for having me. Oh no, no problem. But yeah, thanks for jumping on the crazy train because that's what this podcast has been. It's been a wild, crazy train of. Wow, the team is not very good with the 0-4 start. Then they win seven games, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe they've turned over a new leaf, and then it's kind of the the up-and-down nature of the 82-season, um, 82-game uh, grind. And then they, of course, go on that 12 wins and 14-game stretch right before the All-Star break, and you know we're all sitting here thinking, this team could seriously challenge uh, Golden State in the Western Conference playoffs. And since the All-Star break, wow, it's just a completely different conversation. And especially after tonight, the Thunder lose in Memphis to the Grizzlies, 115-103 to in a game that was it was somewhat close in uh, towards the end of the first half. Got a little tight in, the, in between the third and the fourth quarter. But really overall, Sam, Memphis just beat the living hell out of Oklahoma City. And there was really... There was really nothing the Thunder could do, especially starting off the first half. The, the Grizz start off the game with a 9-0 run. They hit eight of their first 10 shots. The Thunder did little to nothing to stop them. And uh, with the Thunder going into halftime with a six-point uh, deficit, you, you're thinking, okay, they've built up some momentum now. Maybe they'll come out with a different energy in the second half. And instead, the Grizzlies do the exact same thing in the second half they did in the first. They start off with a 9-0 run. And yeah, it was it was basically just Dennis Schroeder saving the Thunder here and there. Uh, Terrence Ferguson hit some timely shots, but other than that, just a really I gotta say it a real piss poor effort from the Thunder tonight. Yeah, there's no question. You're talking about one of the worst performances of the year. I mean, this is a 25 win Memphis team, right? Without seven role players, right? This is a skeleton crew. This was embarrassing in every single way. If you're the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's why it's not worth me yelling about right now. I can't imagine that there's a professional team in this league that wants to look like garbage, right? Not one. So tell me what the hell is wrong with the Thunder when they roll out with that kind of effort. Is it fatigue? Is it depression? 
simply be concerned about your physical well-being? Someone help me understand why I just sat down with my little girl at dinner at 7 o'clock and watched them vomit all over the big screen. Like, I'm legitimately concerned about the mental and physical health of the Thunder when they look like that. 25-win Memphis team. They're trash. They're no good. This is a game that you should have won in your sleep, but you go out and get dominated for 48 minutes? What kind of leadership is that? What kind of coaching is that? What kind of basketball is that? It's embarrassing. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally trying to figure out what could be wrong with this team Is that could be really serious. Is it fatigue? Are you tired from the season? Is that what's not allowing you to go play defense? Is it you think you're better than you actually are? But you don't respect the Memphis Grizzlies? I'll tell you right now, once they started putting foot to ass in the first quarter, you probably should have gained some respect at that point, correct? But they didn't. And then you go into halftime after being dominated for an entire half of basketball, and you come out and let the same garbage happen. It's crazy talk that they can't evaluate themselves better than that. You're a defensive team. You're a blue-collar team. None of you are good enough offensively to carry a team like Steph Curry or Klay Thompson or LeBron James. None of you are. Not one of you. you got to play together defensively, and you got to find a way to play at the same darn tempo. They can't do that. There's no chemistry. They look like strangers when they're in the court together. That's what we watched tonight. We watched a bunch of strangers get together for the first time in a pickup game and lose to a garbage Memphis team. It's crazy. Do they want to play in the playoffs? you want to talk about playoffs? Are you serious? The Thunder in the playoffs? I, I don't want to talk about the Thunder in the playoffs. I don't want to see the Thunder play the Golden State Warriors in the first round. That would be like watching cattle get freaking dark gunned in the skull on their way to the slaughterhouse. Like, that's what that's going to be like. It's terrible. <laughs> Peter's going to be mad that I just said that, but it's like getting a bolt gun to the back of the head. That's what that's going to be like watching the Thunder play the Golden State Warriors in the first round. I'm embarrassed. I was embarrassed today watching that. Terrible. It, it was. It, I, I got to admit, it was a hard watch, and there was a portion of the third quarter where I kind of dozed off because it was just such a boring game. And right. I think Madison and I may have talked about it on the uh, podcast after the Toronto win. I think we did the post game show on the franchise that night. And uh, if we didn't talk about it on the podcast, I know for sure we talked about it uh, the next morning on the Thunder Basketball Insider Show on the franchise uh, with John Hamm, we all kind of had the same idea. You know, that Toronto win was was huge. The team needed a win going into that that game on Friday night. There was no doubt, and they certainly earned it. They played incredible basketball in the second half. The ball moved. uh, Guys were hitting shots. Defense was swarming, uh, forcing turnovers. Just all the things that we saw in the first half of the season where we thought, okay, this team has an identity. They played exactly like that in that second half against Toronto. But we all talked about how, well, that was cool and all, but if they just turn around and lay an egg in Memphis, then all that just, who cares? Because even in this bad stretch since the post-All-Star break, they have road wins against now Toronto, Utah, and Portland. It's not like it's not like they haven't shown up for certain games. The problem has been when they show up for those games, they don't continue that, that good positive momentum into the next contest, and for whatever reason, it, like whatever message is not is being thrown out um, from Billy Donovan, you know, pregame or halftime or in between games at practices, it's not sticking, Sam. Because 
Um, I mean, yeah, you can point to some little caveats with this game because really Memphis only made two more shots in Oklahoma City. They, they hit 40 of their 89 shots. Oklahoma City hit 38 of their 95 shots. Um, I mean, the caveat that I'm sure some people might say is, well, if Paul George shoots better, um, the Thunder probably win. He was 5 of 15 from the three-point line, 10 of 29. But really, um, this is what this is the Paul George that we've seen for the last three weeks. So I, I don't know why anyone would sit there and say, well, if Paul shot better. And I guess the, the other thing would be, well, Russell Westbrook, if he played better, well, this is what Russell can do. And especially in Memphis, even when Memphis has been a lottery trash team like they, like they are now, I mean, he was 6 of 20 tonight, 1 of 6. Um, he c- just continued to try and hit jump shots over Javon Carter. And it's like, look, I get it. Javon Carter is, like, really short. But I don't think Russ hit one shot over him tonight, and he just did not finish around the rim very well at all. Valanchunas really um, picked apart the the uh, offense for the Thunder in terms of, like, protecting the rim. But, uh, I mean, everything you said, Sam, was right. Uh, it's just... It's a different team and from what we saw pre-All-Star break. And as much as I wanted to get, you know, onto the positive end of this team going into the All-Star break of saying like, wow, the, the development from year one with Russ and PG to year two, like you can actually see that development and that progression. You know, we haven't seen that, you know, in this market since the early years with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant, that type of progression. Right. And now it's just kind of gone all down the drain. And it makes me wonder, you know, this is going to be the, you know, this is going to be the second year in a row, potentially, that they stumble into the postseason, and then who knows how this team performs in the po- in the playoffs. If they get bounced in the first round, that's when all the questions are going to arise of what is wrong with this team. And it, at that point, I would then point to leadership, and that's when you look at guys like Billy Donovan, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, right. and even Sam Presti, because it's like whatever message is being thrown out is not being registered by anybody on the team. Absolutely. No, you're spot on. They're just not responding uh, in a positive way at all. That's why, you know, after all the dust has settled, you calm down and the frustration uh, kind of, you know, settles a little bit and, you're, and you really start to look at the basketball that's being played. You wonder, you know, if it is a fatigue thing or, you know, Steven Adams had to look like he's had legs in two months. Um, how much is that a factor? How much is the fact that Russell Westbrook got a little more comfortable offensively in the last uh, month hurting this team? You know, the one thing that I've, really kind of sat down this weekend and I think it was because I just had the ability to immerse myself in basketball between the college game and, and the NBA when I was on vacation the, the game is difficult and different than football for example because in football you have four seconds essentially five seconds to go as hard as you can right in that five seconds and that's everybody's goal on your team is to go as hard as they can for five seconds and then huddle back up and let's go do it again in basketball, it's hard to get everybody on the same page at the same time, playing with the same type of energy. And going 100% and a full in, all bore, all the time may not be what's best for your basketball team at the time. It may not be, uh, may not coincide with the way that everybody else is playing that's on the floor. So it's this tempo uh, and this dance and this, uh, this, this whole you know, orchestrated thing that you've got to find these five guys on the floor at the same time. They've all got to be like-minded to a degree. Their games are all, all going to all be different, but they got to be playing at the same pace with the same intentions offensively and defensively. And the Thunder haven't looked like they've been on the same page basically since before the All-Star weekend. It's been a while since we've seen this team, this entire team, play just 
fundamentally sound, in-your-face, let's-play defense, high-percentage shots, transition bus bucket basketball. Like, they're just not doing it. They're not playing together. And that's you always want the leadership there first, but what else could it be? You know, what else is keeping this team from that chemistry that we saw them build uh, this season? You know, we're not, I mean, yeah, is the schedule difficult? Absolutely. You know, is there a bunch of basketball that's going to be played at a high level from here on out uh, to the playoffs? And the West answer is absolutely. But the Thunder have the ability to do that. Why aren't they doing it right now? And that's why Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Billy Donovan, uh, Sam Presti to a degree, the leadership of this team is the one that's going to need to answer these questions. And the sad thing is they're not going to answer these questions. And games like this are the ones that I get real frustrated with the Thunder and how they approach the media. Because anybody asks, why are you guys losing a bunch of games? They're going to get next question. Like they can big dog the Oklahoma City market versus, you know, what they could do if they were in Manhattan or Boston or L.A., uh, where the media has a different approach. You're going to tell me no comment. Well, I'm going to write this heinous story on how you're just a piss-poor leader and we hate you. You know what I mean? Now, Oklahoma City, you know, the, the press here probably needs the Thunder more than the Thunder needs them, so we're never going to get, you know, that answer from Russell Westbrook or Billy Donovan, any of those guys. We're just going to get more of the same uh, from them. But it's very frustrating because I think we all want to know uh, what's going on, guys. I mean, this is a market that loves their team. They support their team, but... You know, like a lot of people have said in the past, it's a college market. And with that being a college market, what do we appreciate the most? Effort, right? We appreciate attitude. We appreciate uh, this never going to quit to give us your everything mentality. And the Thunder just aren't doing that right now. And, and I think a lot of us are sitting here going, why not? Because it's the way that you won. You know, the majority of your games this year has been because of that defensive mentality, that attitude. And that's how you gain that chemistry. That's how you got ahead of the schedule. Uh, this year, how people were really talking about the Thunder in the West as a true contender this season because of the defense that they were playing and the fact they played as a team. But we're not seeing the defense, we're not seeing it play as a team, and I want to know why. I want to know what's happened that you've lost yourself so much that you looked as bad as you did tonight and lose to a 25-win Memphis team. Yeah, and I'm actually trying to, you know, just from watching tonight's game, you know, the Thunder have 25 fouls as a team. Memphis only has 18. This has been a problem for the Thunder, you know, in these last few weeks are the fouls. And I'm working on it, um, writing about it right now for on the franchiseok.com. Should be out hopefully sometime this week when the team gets back. I'll be able to ask Billy some questions. But uh, I'm just kind of curious, I mean, for um, just for myself or Sam, if you've noticed this as well. But it, it, the whole thing going into the season, it was – that we have to play to an identity. We have to find an identity. And then as the season kind of started and, and wore on, it was the Thunder forced turnovers be, because um, they have to force turnovers because everybody knows the, the shooting deficiencies on this team and the inherent flaws on this team. Because of that, you've got to manufacture scoring. And how they do that is by with their athleticism and their length. And they're one of the more athletic, lengthy, gifted teams in the NBA. The problem with that mentality is when it works, it's fun to watch. When it works, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. When it doesn't work, that's when you start fouling. When when you are reaching and gambling for every little pass, when you're trying to fight through every little screen, like you're going to get your fair share of calls and it just really feels like that the season is just is basically balancing out on the thunder because that's been one of the probably the more consistent problems with this team since the All-Star break was just the amount of fouls from the team overall. I mean, um I mean, the, fouling has lost this team at least two games for sure since the All-Star break. The Indiana loss in that third quarter disaster uh, on the road 
Uh, the Clippers game where Paul George, Russell Westbrook both fouled out um, when the game was still close and in doubt. Um, and then even tonight, I mean, it, it wasn't that dramatic, but 25 fouls from a team that they are just so... Like, we're going to force turnovers. Tonight, they only force 11, and they only get 13 points off of it. The Thunder themselves turned the ball over 10 times, but Memphis converted that to 17 points. And that's just been the hugest problem with this team is just they're not getting out on the break, they're not forcing turnovers, and as a result, they're just fouling, and they're just playing sloppy basketball. And it's just kind of seeped into the the overall mentality of the roster because you just see a lot of, of games um, in this stretch of – they get down by 13, they get down by 14, and then yes, they fight and scr- scr- scratch their way back because they're so talented, but because they're so talented, they shouldn't be in that in the, in the damn first place is the problem, so um, like that's what I want to see. I-, I can accept losses, I can even ex- accept bad losses like tonight, but when you do it in a manner that is just the... I guess the the polar opposite of your identity, it just really worries me for the postseason because... Um, Sure, the officials will swallow the whistles in the playoffs. Sure, like the, the game is a little bit more physical. But if you're going to play sloppy, and if you're just going to be totally reliant on your th- on your three ball, you're going to get bounced quick. And the Thunder got bounced quick in early uh, this evening, even though they kind of came back, uh, mainly thanks to Dennis Schroeder. But really, you know, I mean, we've already kind of said it, Sam. Like, the Thunder got their ass kicked tonight. And it's because of those two things. that They're playing sloppy defense and they're playing sloppy offense. And specifically, they're just reliant, too reliant on shooting the three ball. They were 12 of 36 tonight. And they had 25 fouls. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. I mean, uh, it's it just seems like they've completely lost uh, all ability to assess themselves and practice to assess themselves in film uh, and understand what is the best version of this basketball team moving forward. So, like I said, I mean, there's got to be real concern with the fans, got to be real concern with Billy Donovan, uh, and Presti, and everybody. Like, what what exactly do we do now? Where do you go from this loss? This is one of the worst losses of the season. 25 wins, right? 25 wins for that Memphis Grizzly team, and they're missing a bunch of dudes from tonight's game. And they went out there and played longer, harder, faster, uh, just better basketball than the Oklahoma City Thunder did. I mean, and that's the bottom line. Like, we can try to sugarcoat this as much as you want to because there's a bunch of Thunder apologists out there that get really frustrated with us in the media when we say negative things. Well, they just said negative things to be said about them. Like, it's a joke. And I don't want to see Russell Westbrook traded or anything like that, but I do want to have, you know, to start that conversation about Russ's game in particular. Like, it seems like he's starting to be a little bit better offensively, and it seems like that coincides with the team not playing uh, as well together. And, you know, you wonder how much of that uh, is, a, is a factor here. But it just seems like it's just been uh, difficult, and, and they look frustrated. They look uh, de-energized coming into games. I mean, the beginning of this game was miserable to watch. Terrible basketball being played and just complete lack of effort. I mean, it's it's right now it's all bad. Like, that's just the bottom line. Like, we, I'm sitting here trying to think of a way to spin a positive narrative out of this disaster, but there really isn't one, Brady. I mean, how do we tell? What do we say about this that, that was good? Other than Shooter playing the way that he did, it's good to see him perform uh, well again because, heck, his numbers were legit good before his, uh, his baby was born. Yeah. He was playing at a great level, so it's good to see him do that again. But you know, he's the only guy that uh, there's a real positive spin on today. Yeah, I mean, outside of Schroeder, like uh, like we said, um, Terrence Ferguson was Ferguson, yeah, yeah Ferguson was perfect from the floor, and he hit the threes he hit were big because uh, it felt like every three like the the three threes that he hit, two of them in the second half, 
it really felt like that those threes uh, potentially could have started a run that got the Thunder either back into the game. I think it, it got them within single digits. So it had the potential to like, okay, if the Thunder are going to come back and win this game, you're going to probably go back to those big Ferguson shots. So that's encouraging to see. But yeah, like outside of that, there's just, it's just a whole bunch of nothing. It's, uh, I mean, Billy Donovan tried the Markeith Morris at the five experiment again a little bit more. Nerlens Noel only pay, played less than three minutes tonight. Um, I, it, I, I get the stri- the strategy of it. I get how you might want to use that in the postseason. Uh, it just didn't really help at all tonight. But it kind of makes me want to segue into the next topic. And I'm really curious what you've um, thought about this. I actually heard you guys talk about it on the uh, Triple M Ranch earlier today on 107.7 The Franchise. Uh, uh, Jonas Valanciunas just ate the thunder up. He hit big shot after big shot, and it was all on Steven Adams. Steven Adams does not to say that he is just hurt or dealing with some injury here or there and that's why he's playing so poorly is putting is is putting a disservice to how badly he's actually playing because he's one of seven tonight from the floor, only two points, eight rebounds. And look, I I follow the team, I cover the team, I talk to Billy Donovan every day that they're in town. I understand the responsibility that Steven Adams has, and I understand that there are a lot of times when you watch the tape, your first reaction of, oh, wow, Adams is out of position. Oh, no, actually, it was his weak side help that did, that made him look worse. I get all that, but he's playing like absolute garbage. And he just, he just, he looks like a guy who can't jump anymore. There, there, was, a, right. there was a part in the first quarter where Adams was fighting for an offensive rebound, and he was just trying to jump over, like, jump in quotations. He's trying to jump over Jonas Valanciunas, and he's just, like, jumping a micro inch into the air, and it's it looks painful to watch Adams try to use his athleticism. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just kind of being real overly critical on Adams because I... I don't think you are at all. I, I've been, I've been kind of, I've been kind of, I've been very critical of his play since the All-Star break while most people are t- trying to focus on all his other responsibilities that... Um, that, you know, you shouldn't like dog him so much because he does X, Y, and Z. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, even then, I don't know if, if, if a good Steven Adams game would have done that much to change anything. So, I mean, I, I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, he, he to me is, um, the one player on that roster that truly, uh, is, is for the team all the time. Like, I, I think he is a big time effort guy, somebody that wants to be everything that his team needs him to be all the time, which is why I think he has. Uh, such a large fan base here in Oklahoma City, but I do truly believe that he's dealing with some uh, injuries that have just kind of taken a toll of him throughout the season. I think he's given uh, everything to this team. I, I have zero expectation that he's going to be able to pull himself out of the tanker before the playoffs. I, like, he's, that's all he is is an effort guy, and he's been that way since day one at Pitt, uh, let alone what he's been here in Oklahoma City. So uh, I think that to see him play the way that he is is more of a sign of you know, he's just having one of those years, and I guarantee you, if we were you know, being told a, a real straight story by the Thunder, we would hear that you know he's had a season where it's just always something because he looks like that. He looks like he's just been through the ringer this year physically. So um, it's uh, it sucks to see him not be able to play the way that we know he can. Yeah, I mean, it, it's getting to the point where he, <laughs> I, I said it during the game out loud. I was like, I hope he has a dynamite postseason because if he doesn't, this will be the first. <laughs> truly bad season that I've seen Steven Adams play because yeah, he's had his 
ups and downs, but overall he's had a very steady progression, a positive progression of play. Uh, and he's typically always finished out season strong and uh, played in postseason strong. But uh, if he continues this, like him being a complete non-factor would just kill this team because then you're depending on Paul George to just go supernova, which he can do that. But I don't know if you can depend on that on a, in a seven-game series every single night. Um, you don't want Russell Westbrook shooting more than 20, 25 shots unless he absolutely has to. You don't want that. That's not sustainable. And, uh, and you know, Schroeder was great against Toronto on Friday night. He was great tonight. He was the only reason why the Thunder were in this game at all. Um, but uh, that's not something that you can rely on. You, the, the Thunder have a bunch of guys that you cannot rely on um, time and time again because they're spotty. They're spotty scores. They're spotty shooters. And they play this gam. They have this gambling mentality of their team. And um, when they make the right gamble, they look great. When they don't, they foul. They let uh, piss poor teams beat the hell out of them. And then they make themselves look fairly average. I mean, right now, what are they? Forty three and thirty one. They are now tied. I don't know if the Spurs are playing right now, but they're tied with the Spurs. The Spurs had the uh, uh, series lead. I mean, they they won the series, excuse me, on the season. So right now, yeah, the Thunder are sitting pretty at the eight seed. But um, I wanted to go back real quick to something you said earlier, Sam, because it is kind of a interesting little hypothetical that I was I've been thinking about, where you were saying, um, can Russell kind of get away with doing the whole next question, that whole mentality, if if the same result, if we're, you know we're sitting here a month and a half from now, and the Thunder get bounced in five or six games in the first round. I'm really curious to see what would happen to this team. It, like, I know that's still like a long time away, but because of how they've been playing, that's a it's it's a true re- realistic thought that that's what could happen to this team. And if that's what happens, I'm just like I'm so curious how because that that's when it becomes fair to then be over like not overly critical, but be very critical of Russell Westbrook's leadership. And that's not to say that he's a bad leader. I think he's a very good leader. I think he's made strides to improve in that that area of, of his game. Um, but at the same time, a lot of things, they trickle down from the top. And when you have potentially a second year in a row of a bad ending to your regular season and a bad ending to your season overall in the postseason, I really don't know how you can't get away with not placing a lot of blame on Russell Westbrook. And in, I guess in some small case, uh, Paul George. Yeah, no, I mean, look, those are the guys, right? I mean, you, we, you, Sam Presti does this incredible job, you know, making sure those two are, are together, taking the risk to bring in Paul George for that season. Pays off. You can sign him long-term. You have Russell Westbrook long-term, and now you have uh, two of the league's biggest stars. And, you know, the expectation is when the, when the dust settles, that those two guys will be, you know, the driving force of why the Thunder are contenders or not. And right now, uh, neither one of them are playing up to expectations, and it's extremely frustrating. Uh, that's, you know, I think Paul George does a pretty good job with the media, but Russell Westbrook, somebody who like, like you play bats, so you're going to be combative. Like I, I get it. I was an athlete. I didn't want to talk to anybody after a loss either. I didn't want to uh, tell that story. And, and I mean, it is what it is, but that dude makes, you know, millions upon millions of dollars. Like you, you're the leader of the team. When people ask what's wrong, uh, we want to know from you and you're just not giving us anything. So now we've got to speculate. We're going to tell our own story. You know, I, I refuse to, ever um condone not controlling the narrative as a professional athlete you have so many ways today to control the conversation around you and around your team 
through social media, through the media, you tell the story you want people to write. But instead of doing that, Russell Westbrook says, well, I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm going to pout. I'm going to throw a fit. I'm going to, uh, you know, push past the subject and move on to something else. And that to me just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think all eyes are on both those guys. I think it's completely acceptable. Like, I'm not trying to bash Russell Westbrook. I'm not trying to say that the guy is, is a bad leader or incapable of winning games. What yeah. I am saying is, you know, he, he's got to step up and be the mature guy here and acknowledge that his team is absolutely just suffering right now. There's got to be a reason for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to last year, this team did a very good job of putting out the message that, no, we are not worried, even though that they would, you know, they would beat Golden State one night and then they would lose to a team like Memphis the next night. They would look, they would look great in one game and then look terrible the next. They were just so inconsistent. And yeah, yeah, there is something to be said about not panicking, even when you go through like a three or four game funk. Like I, I get that. There, that takes a lot of leadership to just basically say, guys, we're just going through a funk. Um, it's going to get better because I, we all know that we're a good team. It's just an eighty-two game grind. I get all that, but at some point, there, like you said, there does need to be some type of. I don't even know if it's like a come to Jesus moment, and it doesn't even have to be with the media. I, I guess um, you, you would hope. Um, if you're a Thunder fan, you would hope that these guys understand this. And uh, really quick, uh, Sam, I don't know if you saw this, but on Twitter, uh, Brett Dawson from The Athletic just um, tweeted out um, some post-game quotes from Billy Donovan. I'll just kind of read them real quickly because they're actually kind of interesting. Uh, Billy said after the game, I don't think there can be any excuses coming off two days from the uh, uh, coming off uh, two days since the Toronto win. Um, said that, let's see, you want to get the team prepared to play the Grizzlies and build off the Raptors game and I just didn't do a good enough job of getting them ready to play. And then he also said, the one thing that doesn't allow greatness is inconsistency. Uh, We have to all own this as players and coaches and as a team. It's not who we want to be. Hey, you know what? That's exactly what I just said. (laughs) And Billy said it right as I was mentioning it. At some point, this team needs to have some ownership of, yeah, we're playing like ass because they've done a very good job of avoiding ever admitting that. Um, yes, they're able to bounce back from bad stretches, but they have really, really yet to bounce back from this terrible stretch in the post All Star break season. So, um, I mean, that's I mean that's that's a start, Sam, <laughs> with the right. Billy Donovan quote. That's a start. Yeah, no, I would agree to that, and and uh, really kind of the first time you ever heard Billy kind of really take it on himself. You know what I mean? Like that that to me is uh, maybe not necessarily a, a good sign. Uh, maybe a, a kind of a last ditch, you know, effort uh, to maybe gain back to his team a little bit, you know, taking one for them. Um, so, kind of an interesting look for for Billy Donovan for sure. All right, with that, Sam, uh, do you have do you have enough time for some uh, help me a- answer some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we actually got a few because uh, nothing nothing ever fails. Um, whenever the Thunder lose, we get a lot of questions. We get a lot of comments. When the Thunder wins, just like, eh, okay, they're supposed to do that. So. Uh, Let's get right into the next question segment. So um, let me see here. Um, ooh, Lee Benson from Channel 9 News. What's up, Lee? Does a great job over at Channel 9 along with Steve McGeehy. Uh, the Thunder's success or lack thereof depends on Russell Westbrook, kind of what you and I were saying, Sam. Um, if he plays consistently and channels the January-February Russ pre-All-Star break, OKC can beat anybody in the postseason, no matter the seed. If he can do that, if he can't do that, nothing else matters. Agree or disagree? Um, basically, you know, it's just kind of what we've been all been talking about, Sam, of uh, just over the last few weeks. If you can get 
pre-All-Star break Paul George and post-All-Star break Russell Westbrook and get them all on the same page at the same time in the postseason, then you got to like your chances. But, I mean, you, any team can say that about any of their guys. I mean, Denver could say, hopefully we get, you know, MVP Jokic and then Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, uh, Barton, hopefully all of them shoot over 40% from the three-point line. It's like, yeah, you obviously want your good players to play well, but um, you, you've got to build positive habits. And the Thunder cannot just say, oh, we beat Utah and Portland and Toronto on the road. We're fine. They've got to get back to doing what they were doing in the pre-All-Star break part of the season. And a lot of that starts with Russell Westbrook and Paul, and they're not doing it. They're just really not doing it together. No, I agree with that completely. And I think that, you know, like you mentioned, those two guys have played some elite-level basketball this season, but not at the same time. I mean, we really saw it briefly, I guess, in maybe that first Utah game um, coming back from the All-Star weekend. But it just hasn't been something they've been able to hook up with uh, together and that's absolutely frustrating and and without them doing uh, that on the same page there really is no chance the thunder can be contenders uh, this year as far as being golden state or some of the top tier teams in, in the west i mean it's just going to be very tough for them to do that so i don't, I, I honestly don't know what it's going to take or or what conversation needs to be had for sure but I, you almost wonder you know you talk about january russell westbrook man it was so much more than uh, his offensive efficiency, you know, it was the defense, it was the uh, the court vision, not only finding, making the extra pass, making the extra pass with purpose. Like, Russell Westbrook, to me, doesn't always play this game, um, you know, with uh, like he's playing chess, you know. And, and, look, a lot of the times in any sport, when you have just naturally gifted elite athletes, they struggle the most with the chess match that is being played within the physical matchup. They just do because they're so good physically and they've been that way their whole lives that, you know, it's like running through a wall juggernaut style. That's just kind of how they do it. I think Zion Williams right now with Duke is maybe a guy that's going to struggle with this uh, on the next level when guys start to be around him or as athletic and as strong and as big uh, because he's a bull in a china shop. That dude can do whatever he wants to do. Russell Westbrook's been that way his whole career. And I think this season we saw him take some steps to being more of a true point guard uh, than we ever have. And that, that, to me, coincided with the Thunder playing the best basketball of the season. All we needed Russ to do was be more efficient offensively, and that might have been the best version of himself, right? Yeah. Um, so so for him to, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to take as far as Russ acknowledging who he is as a player. Um, and because when he was doing those things in January, Paul George was playing at an MVP level, right? Like that, that was the relationship that they had. Russ was... Uh, working his tail off in this blue-collar, incredible way. And Paul George is out there playing that great man's game. You know, he's out there playing that MVP-level basketball. All And Russell Westbrook was a huge reason why he was doing that, not only based off of how Russ got Paul the ball, the ball but how Russ got everybody else the ball, which allowed Paul George to not, to not necessarily be just locked up and focused on solely because – other guys are beginning involved. You know, Stephen Adams had an offensive game. Dennis Schroeder is playing great offensively. Jeremy Grant, you know, this season I think has an all-time average for himself going on. I mean, there was a bunch of positive Terrence Ferguson playing the best basketball of his career during that stretch. And this all coincides with Russell Westbrook playing more of that poor man's game than what he likes to do. And you wonder, you know, if it's just that simple. Russ, we need less from you. Uh, on the scoring side, but more on the facilitating side, more on the defensive side, more the leadership side, uh, and maybe that would get them going back in the right direction. The bottom line is, Brady, I mean, look, the time, the clock is darn near out in the 
West, once again, is going to come down to the final game of the season. The Thunder don't have time to jerk around with this thing. Like I think a lot of people are losing hope. The reality is they have a lot of basketball to play left, but it can't wait. It's got to happen now, and somebody needs to have an important conversation with all of them saying, look, we don't know what to tell you now. What's it going to take? You tell us as a team what it's going to take for you to be great again because right now it looks like they are one of the worst teams in the league, period. Yeah, I mean they're <laughs> they're playing they're certainly playing like it, and um, you know I guess to anybody that thinks all the Thunder really need to do is just to get you know MVP Paul George and a good scoring efficiency Russell Westbrook together, that's all it's going to take. You know, Sam, I'm, you've watched basketball for a long time. You don't just win. You don't just win basketball with just one guy doing everything or two guys doing everything at a high level, and then everyone else just kind of stands and watches. Like, even the Bulls. The Bulls had a plethora of great role players. The Thunder need not only those two things to happen, Paul playing high at a high level, Russ playing at a high level. They need Terrence to play like he did tonight and hit big shots. They need Jeremy Grant to not almost foul out or foul out. They need Dennis Schroeder to be a six-man caliber guy off the bench. And the sad thing is, is a lot of those guys are either still developing and therefore are not consistent enough, or they're like Paul George and over his career, incredibly spotty and incredibly uh, streaky. So therefore also not consistent. And then we all know what Russell Westbrook is as a scorer and as an offensive player. So um, when that's the makeup of your team, you're usually going to get the, the results that typically yield from those characteristics. And this is what the Thunder are. So like, there it is. It's like the Thunder are just inconsistent. They look great some nights, and they'll look terrible tonight. So I don't really know how optimistic you could be for a, a deep postseason run. I mean, even despite everything we thought pre-All-Star break. But, um, you know, we could talk on and on about that. So we've got a few more questions. So I'll let you take care of this one, Sam. Uh, this one comes from Cameron Pierce at CPierce2012. Uh, would it just be better for all of our sakes if they didn't make it to the playoffs this season? The disappointment is way too damn high. We don't need no more. I mean, yeah. I do you like that losing? Do you like losing mentality? I'm, I'm just kidding, Cameron. By no. the way, <laughs> right? No, I, I think that uh, yeah. There's a lot of fans that are, and you hear this during football season too. You know, let's just give it up. We're done. Uh, why? Why keep playing at this point? And I think there's a lot of fans here in Oklahoma City that are definitely there, but. You know, the reality is you got to keep playing, and, and whether it's a first-round knockout or a sweep or whatever, um, athletes are going to grow from it mentally, physically, the whole nine yards. So um, I want them to go as far as they can. I want them to win as many games as they can. I want them to have the best playoff match that they can get, and I want them to compete. Um, you know, th- that's the only thing that's going to get this team better is more time on the court together, and uh, they got to right to shift. You know, I mean, I, I don't think anybody wants to see this team finish the season like they did a year ago because that was heartbreaking, and it really kind of put a – a big stall on expectations for Thunder basketball and coming to this season with Paul George and Russell Westbrook and guys are uh, looking up and up and you give us this taste of what could be great basketball from this team and all of a sudden you lose it. Uh, I, I would hate for the fan base and hate for the Thunder for them not to find that stride again uh, over the remaining regular season games, at least to give themselves a, a you know good feeling going into the playoffs. Yup, yup, yup. That's this is where we are now <laughs> with uh, right. covering this team and Thunder fans in my mentions. This is where we are now. Um, Robbie White eighty one asks or mentions opposing teams coaches stands the entire game telling guys to move, rotate, cut, play calling shows a coach uh, wanting to get the most out of his team and players. So why doesn't Billy Donovan basically do that? Um, 
I, I think I can answer this really quick. And, you know, Sam, you as a former athlete might have a, a different and probably a better perspective than I do. But I would just say, you know, following the NBA, watching the NBA, and now covering the NBA for a few years, um, I would probably safely assume it's much easier to coach vigorously, like physically coach players that are fringe G-leaguers and not guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George that are set in their ways. There's no question. I mean, that to me is what makes uh, great coaches great in the NBA. When you talk about, um, you know, Pat Riley and, and, you know, this group of elites, this Hall of Fame coaching uh, class in the NBA, to me, it's it's not about the X's and O's, you know, Phil Jackson's uh, uh, triangle offense. To me, it's about just the, the ability to manage egos and attitudes and, can you imagine what Kobe and Shaq were like together with the Lakers? Like what that was like on a just on a plane ride from one team to the next. Like what they were into, what they were saying, the attitude of the team. Same thing with Jordan and uh, those guys with Chicago. Like the, you know those personalities, they don't always mix. I'm sure there was fighting and infighting. I mean, look, let's let, let's go 2019 here. Let's talk about Steve Kerr and what he's done with the Golden State Warriors, right? I mean, they had that little mix up with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. That's really the only thing that we've ever heard of that was a public thing with that team. But I promise you they've got their problems. With that many great players in one place, they've got egos and they've got issues and they've got uh, you know things that they are, are having to discuss. And Steve Kerr's done a magnificent job dealing with that personnel. But a lot of that might be because Steve Kerr played on the team like that, understands what it took to manage the egos and the attitudes and the life uh, in the NBA. That, to me, is where... Billy Donovan never, he didn't have that experience. You know what I mean? Like you just never really uh, bought that he was going to be able to handle the, the management of Russell Westbrook in this situation. And now you've given Paul George and, and we're all curious and wondering why he hasn't uh, maximized the two of those guys. I mean, he didn't do it when he had one player. So, I mean, I'm not anti Billy Donovan by any means, but uh, you know, I, I think that's part of the game here is, is being able to manage your roster uh, on the court and off the court, you know, mentally and physically. Like, are, how are they doing as a team? Uh, and there's anything that you can do to potentially make that better, help that. Ma- I mean, you're, you're a 24-7 babysitter in the NBA. Uh, you're together all the time. You travel together, live together. Like, it is, got to manage your team, and it just doesn't look like that's happening with the Thunder right now. They're not managing Russell Westbrook. Well, I think Paul George is about as easy going as it gets. But, man, you know, they got to get everybody on the same page, and Billy Donovan's just not doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I mean, it, this loss, th- this string of losses, it's not on one person. It's not all Billy's fault. It's not, you know, Paul George's shoulders' fault. It's the entire collective. Then It's a team sport, even though basketball is kind of glorified as all you need is a star or maybe two stars, and you're going to be fine. Like, it's still a team sport, and the team has just failed at about every single level that you possibly could fail um, in basketball. So uh, I think most of most of the other questions are more <laughs> screaming <laughs> and not really questions. So um, uh, let me see. Let's see here. I'll pick one from Jake Godwin. We'll we'll finish off with this one. Um, what to make of Jawan Evans, a uh, two way guy. Um, I'm sure Sam loves him since uh, of the obvious, and I'm sure Madison loves him too. So, um, sadly, um, outside of the 42 point points he dropped on OU, I haven't really got a chance to um, watch him um, back when he was with the Clippers. I saw him at summer league. I think um, I understand kind of the intrigue, and he'll be a free agent. The Thunder will be able to kind of get a look at him. He has got the hometown tie 
obviously playing in Stillwater. So um, it's it's a nice it's a nice little piece to have as a two way contract, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fine. I mean, it's kind of a, a you know curious uh, pickup for sure. But anytime you can get younger, it's it's always good. I think Raymond Felton has maybe uh, run his course here in Oklahoma City. I think Dwan's got uh, uh, an incredible skill set. There's no question. I think he can play fast paced basketball. You know, for a ceiling for him in this league. Um, is he ever going to be a starter? Probably not. But he could be. You know, he could be a good player. So. I don't mind them giving him an opportunity, giving him a look at least, because he's a somebody that's going to compete on both sides. And like you said, that home time or the hometown uh, draw that he has there is, is important. Sam, you made the uh, podcast much classier than it typically is. So uh, <laughs> you guys do an awesome job. I'm a big old, I'm a big fan. I'm actually in my garage uh, right now, sitting on my motorcycle because I've got a bunch of sleeping kids in the house. Well, see now I you just—I was going to react to this. Well, see now you just made it more badass. So, kind <laughs> <laughs> of fire up the old Harley here and really kind of end it with a bang, but that'll wake the neighborhood up. So, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll yeah. uh, we'll de- we definitely need to get you back on here a little bit more. I, I forget that I work with such great people because I hardly ever see you guys since I'm typically working, you know, from you know seven o'clock until two or three in the morning. So I always forget that I work with some pretty cool people. So we'll, we'll get you back on, Sam. Hopefully. Uh, maybe one more regular season game and then definitely some postseason games. That is, of course, if the Thunder go a little bit further than we're expecting. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Sam. And uh, if you guys, um, if you're, once again, I know we have a lot of listeners that aren't from the uh, market in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Uh, Sam Mays does a terrific job on the Triple M Ranch every day from 3 to 6 on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Download the app. If you liked all that with Sam, um, just check out his show. He does a great job. He's so fun to listen to. And I am currently, I'm almost done working on this little, I won't I won't reveal too much, but um, I'm going to try and get Sam his own podcast, basically. But I'm uh, hopefully tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to go talk to somebody else with the, with the station. We're going to try and get this all kind of underway because I'm sure... You're thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. Sam's awesome to listen to. So uh, if he had his own show, I'm sure everybody would that listens to this show would love to subscribe. So uh, thank you once again to Sam Mays for jumping on to the OKC82 podcast. Um, but for the absent Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. The Thunder lose to the Memphis Grizzlies by the score of 115 to 103. Uh, everyone played that crap except for Dennis Schroeder. So good job, Oklahoma City. But uh, everybody, have a good night.